You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip Off, the NBA podcast that has yet to take a free throw this year due to the new rule changes, and we're not happy about it. No, it's it's killing us. I mean, even Harden got a couple free throw attempts last game. It's bringing our average down here, man. Yeah. So there, this this short cast is going to be a little bit about controversy. You know, since we brought that up, we can talk about the new rule change. Obviously, James Harden and Trey Young have been very vocal. <laughs> about not liking that uh, new rule change and seeing as how they were leaders in well, free throw attempts what? Uh, per game last year. I understand At that. random, these two players. Yeah. But the NBA referees committee, I don't know what governs them, but whatever organization governs the referees of the NBA came out with a statement saying they're happy with the game, where it's at. They still want to, they want to include like free motion and stuff like that. But they were overall happy with how it's going because they want this to affect the entire NBA, not, you know, that one analyst put it, it's like a bell curve, right? You're going to have your ones that are your outliers that are going to be affected more than others, mm-hmm. but they wanted, you know, this rule was for the overall play of the NBA, not necessarily to limit James Harden and Trey Young's abilities, however much it seems like it is. Because let's, I mean, look at Harden's points per game. It is down. But when you have an over 90% free throw shooter averaging more than 10 free throw attempts per game. That's yeah. what's going to happen. And that was his game. That's how he modeled it. Yeah, and, and Trey Young modeled it. And you see Chris Paul doing it a lot too. Like there are definitely some players that this rule hurt more than others. They're the smart players. The high IQ, even Joel Embiid, I would say. Has has gone down. His numbers are a little bit more lackluster because he was just yes, starting again. He, to get he, he the kind next of level. was able to. He knew how to do it from the paint. You know, the other ones were more rip through kind yeah. of guys. I but mean, Joel, Joel, whenever he went out to the elbow and he was going for a quick like pump fake pass to the elbow, he'll give a quick rip through, try to get the foul call. And if he didn't get that, he'd back him down. But it's definitely shown some players reliance which players relied on these points these foul shots to get mm-hmm. them yeah. going or even to, to keep their their numbers yeah. i'm not going to say inflated but kind of inflated kind of inflated right <laughs> now all four of them are great players and they were are. able to adjust to the style of game to that style of game so they, i, they I have no i have that. no issues with them being able to adjust to a style to a newer style of game that Still benefits their game, but isn't as so reliant on free throws. I mean, they're still going to get their calls here or there, and they may develop a new way to rip through or to draw contact. Um, but we'll see. I personally don't have as many issues with taking away some of the fouls because, frankly, I like the game to flow a little bit. That's you been know. The, biggest, the biggest positive, I think, has been the general consensus around the league and around the uh, those who watch it. Yeah, I understand playing it. You, you want to get as many breaks as you can. Not even breaks, but attempts to put the ball in the hoop, get your rhythm going. It's kind of how some players kind of get get comfortable and get and get yeah. hot. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things that's a point of contention for right now, and it will probably be that way for for at least a majority of the season until it, playoffs. Yeah, and that's what I heard someone saying um, is that like you know by the end of the season, like. The beginning of the season, the refs are really going to be enforcing this because it's the new rule this season. They're yeah. going to try to enforce it, but I think throughout the season we're going to kind of see it become a little more relaxed. Yes, I don't maybe not back to where it was last year, but 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 they let you they let you play in the playoffs already. Yeah. So if anything, I mean, it's getting teams maybe a little more ready for playoff 
basketball because they do try, and I, th- I think they let you play a little more in the playoffs. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I've yet to turn off a game this season because I couldn't stand to watch the back-and-forth foul game. Okay, I'm going to go down the court, foul, free throws. Okay, back down the court, foul, free throws. Okay, back down yeah. the court. Back down the if court. it's a close game, we all know that's what happens in close games under two minutes. However, or when someone's trying to get back into a game down 10 with two minutes, that's going to happen. Usually when you get within four, it's little. It's not that foul game until like the last 20 seconds when something really needs. Usually you have some pretty good ebb and flow trying to get a stop in a bucket. But And coming off the other side of things, the defense this year, I have to say, maybe it's because there's no foul calls that are being called that would normally be called as a foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just really – I see the, a lot of steals and block numbers starting to uh, escalate here pretty quick. Is that a yeah. – some players who might be able to find a niche as a uh, as a defensive stop. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Warriors Gary last Payton, night, Gary Payton, Gary Payton, three came in for three three possessions and three steals. <sighs> the Glove Junior. And you know what? I would say, based on last year's rules, at least one of those would have been a foul. Probably. It would have been a reach in. It would have been a reach in. Yeah, on, well, yeah, on the middle yeah, ball, yeah, that would have been a reach in. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But so that that's just one of the uh, issues or yeah, It's points, not the only uh, piece of contention around the league. Right no, <laughs> no. Uh, I guess we can uh, I guess we can get to the the serious the more serious one. Today uh, a news piece dro- dropped about Robert Tarver. Sarver. Sarver, my bad. The owner of the Phoenix Suns and him 17 year owner, yeah. Tw- I think 20. No, I think 2004, it's, it's, it's it's a lengthy amount him Kind of fostering a workplace that hostile. included a hostile work, a hostile workplace, um, um, alleged racism, misogynist comments, and overall just kind of a shitty place to work. And this comes from um, the past coaching staff. Apparently, something like seventy odd players, former staff, what people who are in the Phoenix Suns organization, building, whatnot, have come forth and said stuff. There was comments made using a racial slur, and re- not in regards to Draymond Green, but Draymond Green said something during a game, and the owner said, how come he gets to say that? The owner, being a white male, said this to a African-American coach. And the coach said, you can't say that, and Tarvert responded by saying, why can't I if he can? So this kind of feels uh, who's like gonna a, tell him? who's going to tell this kind of feels like a Washington football team for the Phoenix Suns and what the and it's the same kind of complaints have come up so misogynistic activity um you know reports of racism and overall hostile work environment that man who was owning the Washington football team no longer owns it oh no longer runs it his wife does now which is that's another, you know, I don't know how that's working. <laughs> but you could see the NBA, who has already been very progressive. I remember the Donald Sterling issue with oh, the yeah, Clippers. Oh, yeah, Sterling affair. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, we might be looking at an a owner change in Phoenix here. And this is just another point of stress and issue on this organization, which already is having issues getting a deal done with DeAndre Ayton. So I, you know, it just—it's another stressor added to this Phoenix Suns franchise right now. Needless to say, uh, Robert Sarver did not pass the vibe check in uh, in the Valley. So he uh, 
it's it's going to be interesting. And all this stuff are you know allegations, of course, and nothing's been confirmed yet. Just broke, but um, I don't see I, one thing that Sarver does have going for him is he's been backed by the head coach. Uh, uh, Jones. Um, uh, no, the general manager. I'm sorry, Jan- GM, Jan- James, James Jones. Jones said, "This is not the Robert Sarver that I know." Now, James Jones was not there. James Jones when might this... also be trying to save his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was not there when this, uh, when all this stuff happened. But if this is a repeated, um, of, not necessarily offense, but What's if, like, it, if did this you say seventy people, though, that's what I saw in a report. I thought it said seventy, but 70. there have been a lot of people who've come out and said. So if this is common practice for them, then I think we might, you know, the NBA has started an investigation into all of this. Yeah. So that could be very lengthy. I mean, we're still seeing, I mean, the Washington football team investigation took a while, and we're still seeing the repercussions of that. The whole John Gruden situation is the repercussions of that, and look what just happened to John Gruden in the NFL. He got the hell out of Dodge. As soon as he saw that hat drop, he's like, nah, I'm not even going to see it hit the floor. I'm good. So, you know, and and how many emails have are now being looked at in the NFL and what's going to happen in the NBA? You know this this could just this you know this could just be turning over one stone. Old that, yes, exactly. Whatever analogy you want to use, this could be just the beginning of something that could impact the entire league. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But it's it's obviously not a good look for Robert uh, Sarver. It's not a good look for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, who are also not looking like stellar. Who are, yeah, who are starting off a slow season, and you've got the eight issues, and, you know, is he going to put forth everything he can? Is You know, you never know. He's one of the only bigger na- he's one of the only big names from that free agent or from that draft class who hasn't been signed yet. Uh, no, I'm not counting Marvin Bagley. I guess Sexton hasn't I was going to say Colin Sexton, but... No. But given that he was the number one overall pick... Correct. Yeah. 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 On a NBA Finals team. Yeah. Where he played. Where he played. Where, where in the playoffs he played his best basketball. Yeah. Finally got the. Uh, we always knew he had offensive Although, talent. Got into the defensive. I mean. Fifty points though. Fi- fi- yeah. Finals. Finals excluded. He played pretty well. It was. It looks like he finally kind of is. You know, accepted what his role is going to be on the defensive end and tried. A little more because he always had the offensive end coming out of college. It was whether or not he was going to pick up on the defensive end. And he showed that in the majority of the playoffs except for the finals when Giannis, frankly, probably would have made anybody look like a joke. Well, with the center depth that they had, yeah, not not surprising. I mean, even just the def- – like, they had no way to stop him. Um, so I can't put that all on, on DeAndre Ayton. But uh, I would say that – the Suns have an uphill battle ahead yeah. of them. This is what one current Suns business operations employee said. If the commissioner comes in and investigates to see what the fuck is going on in Phoenix, he would be appalled. Ooh. So. Who is this from? This is from a current Suns business operations employee. So someone who works in the management of the Phoenix Suns. Wow. So. It, it, What's the stop? What is what is to stop Robert Sarver from just firing everyone? Scorched earth True. motherfucker. Like what I, is to could, stop him from could, doing I, that? That's such an admission of guilt into all of this though. I mean it is, but in the other sense, if he's claiming that this is all lies, these are all this is all BS, 
I'm your boss, and if I'm Robert Sarver, and like you're gonna it, again playing the devil's advocate here, why not just say you're you're gone? Like you you just it doesn't matter. There was a bit one of our higher ups said this. It could have been any one of you. So you're all gone. Goodbye. So I mean I don't think he would do that. Like he said, it just doesn't look good, and you're probably gonna get pulled by the league, whatever it is, but. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one for the Phoenix Suns here. So, unfortunately, our, our resident Suns expert is not here to uh, to give his insight as to what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm telling you, you keep reading down this article by ESPN, and it gets there's more, more and more. more. Another, when they were trying to recruit the Marcus Aldridge, Sarver made a comment that two basketball operations staff, two 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 basketball operations staffers, that the Suns needed to have local strippers impregnated by NBA players. Those players that have children in the Phoenix area and feel obligated to be closer to them, giving the Suns a potential edge in free agency. Oh, my God. It's... <laughs> They'll it, try anything these days. Man. Are the Suns a small market team? Yeah. Because I, I guess that's what they got to do these days. Small market teams, anything, man. They'll try anything. Holy crap. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's damn man. We should end it on that one. That's this Marcus Smart shit. It pales in comparison to what's going on in Phoenix. Yeah, I, I mean, I keep re. It just it gets worse and worse and worse. And yelling you know, like at coaching staffs and it's um it's not great. And they've uh, got some issues. And we'll see what this NBA investigation ends up. Not great, Bob. Bring not great. That. Yeah. So. <laughs> The Suns, Sarver's obviously in hot water, and we'll see what happens. You know, you look at Washington football team, and they've kind of been, you know, just in quicksand ever since that happened. Gruden just got fired from the Raiders, and they won three games. So I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe the locker room gels around Monty Williams and comes together. I don't know, but... As long as Sarver is still the owner there, I think there's going to be points of contention because the more now that this is out, the we're just more stuff's going to keep coming out. I feel like until uh, until he's somehow forced to sell the team. I mean, the NFL were finding the living crap out of um, the Washington football owner until he passed off his duties. So we'll see how that goes. The yeah. um, <laughs> well, the other uh, the other controversy in the league. Kind of, again, pales in comparison to this. Marcus Smart just upset you're not getting some shots, I guess. Yeah, but and so Marcus Smart called out Jason Brown and uh, Jalen Jalen Brown Tatum? and Jason Tatum. <laughs> My goodness, Ugh. those they're the two the two stars, the two wing stars of the Boston Celtics. And he said, you know, every team comes in here knowing that they have to try to get Tatum and Brown to pass the ball, and they're not passing the ball. Now Smart is like the fifth best offensive player on that team, or something like if that. that. I mean, if uh, yeah, on a given night, maybe he hits one of his eighteen threes. He seems to take, and for a long time, he has kind of been he's been a glue the guy. leader, and I would say kind of the leader. He's I think he's the longest tenured Celtics player right now. He he's been there since he was drafted. I'm pretty sure. Yes, and he's kind of been the leader of that locker room, and it's a relatively young team outside of Smart and Al Horford. Um, well, Smart's not even that old. No, but, I mean, he's... Al Horford is old. Al, Al, Al Horford's old. But, you know, like, I think these are just more issues. Like That team doesn't have a direction. That team has yeah. two superstar players in the making and nothing yeah. else. They're 
their top, their bottom, if not the worst defensive team in the NBA. That's an effort level thing. That is, and and, defend, I, and, and I mean, people and people are also already wondering about the coaching. I mean, obviously, you, may you, you, you give the guys more than four eight games. I'm all for giving a guy more than eight games, especially yeah. at the beginning of the season. Like, this is why people when they when they write their articles. They're always the overreaction articles, which we're going to do an overreactions podcast because that's what you do. That's what you do 10 games into the season. You're like, oh, my God, they're on fire. Yeah, or under, <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, it seems that there is some some chemistry issues in that locker room. And Marcus Smart is not is not afraid to speak his mind on these issues. I mean, he's although albeit it a little bit of a little bit of a temper on that on him, you know. So. He'll say what he feels. He'll he'll, he'll say it from his chest. Um, the real issue I think is not I mean, maybe he has. Maybe he has discussed it internally with the team, and now he's like, all right, if you're not going to listen to me, let's get the media involved and see if it changes. I, I, if, I, if I'm a Celtics fan, I hope they addressed it prior. I hope the first time that this was brought up wasn't to the media because yeah. that is just not the time. No matter what, no matter what the issue may be, if you're going to handle your business, you do it internally and then um, you go from there. But I understand if you've made those comments, you've talked to them, you've – trying to get some change, but you're not seeing it. And, of course, I'm not, you know, I'm, this is all hearsay or alleged, whatever. Ime Odoka, who has the ear of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, he's not going to want to try to piss those guys off because those guys are going to be there for a while. Ime doesn't know that for sure. So he's like, okay, i got to mm-hmm. make these guys happy, take your shots, whatever you got to do, which they are most certainly doing. They're the, one mm-hmm. of the top ten, both of them are top ten scores in the NBA this year. Yep. Um, but, again, it – if you get 50 out of them and 40 out of the other 15 guys on your roster or whatever, you're probably going to lose the game because 90 just usually isn't enough to win an NBA game. Is, is Unless it, you're playing the Pelicans and then 80 is enough to win the game. Is it too early to start the tank? In Boston? Yeah. Is it too early? Okay, well, does, does a tank involve trading one of them? No. A tank involves playing the exact way they're playing right now. Win a game or two. Uh, they're not high. So, lo- so losing cl- the so losing close games. The Cleveland Cavaliers method losing close games. Exactly. Uh, exactly. You got a tank. They're but like they're low key. They're three and five right now, and they they Perfect. and their last game was I believe was a nineteen point lead blown to lose by fourteen in the fourth quarter against they're, the Bulls. They're on pace for like a thirty and fifty win record. Um, that's got to be in the pace for at least top five bottom in the, or bottom five in the league and you know what I've uh, noticed and uh, the ringer brought this up is that you know they don't really have a distributor on this team the point guards because yeah. all the point guards they've had have not been past point guards and Rondo's looking pretty good right yeah, now right? isn't he right <laughs> and, and and I think back to their draft picks and they have drafted a lot of point guards so clearly they but may, which may, ones may, have they draft, drafted it's always been um, it's but uh, they've none of them uh, worked. Carson Edwards, Carson Edwards, small scores. Peyton Romeo Pritchard, Langford. Romeo Langford, more of a scorer in college. Peyton Pritchard, more of a scorer in college. Schroeder, uh, score. Kyrie, score. Kemba, score. Score first point. Scary guard. Terry, score. No pass. They need Alonzo Ball. Well, we'll get Alonzo Ball. That that was never going to happen. No, but that that's the type of player they need because they don't need a point. If you've got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You don't need a 25-point-per-game point guard. Who you is need a, a pass-first point guard these days? A rookie Rubio? 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think maybe not not so much like we think pass first, more of a complementary point guard. Like I, th- I think like a Malcolm Brogdon, I think would fit well here. Yeah, maybe like a Dinwiddie. I, I don't know. You know, someone who's oh, like, Dinwiddie's a score first point guard. His assists are questionable at okay, best. Then I, then I put Brogdon there because you know it's not a bad pick, but I don't think they're going to get Malcolm Brogdon. He's yeah, in, uh, the con- a, a yeah. low level super. Uh, sorry, a low level all star. To your play, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they can really afford someone more than twenty mil a year. Really, kind of puts them in a spot. Yeah, they could have done them Reggie Jackson, but even then, that's a score first point guard, man. Yeah, what the hell, and he's not scoring well this so year. So what, what I'm noticing now is a deficit in the league on pass first point guards. It's because you're able it's, to set the table and defend. You got a spot. In I mean, but the, I mean, this is the thing though. Like, if you think about all these players coming up, you know, they are the guy on their high school team, which means they went and scored a lot. And most of the time, they're probably the guy on their college team, which means they had to score a lot. You know, you you have, you know, you don't, you don't see kids coming up, you know, really thinking in the, the Chris Paul mindset of things, you know, like I'll get mine when it's there and I can get mine when I need to, but I'm also going to get people involved. He's one of the best because he knows when he wants to get his points, and that's the fourth quarter. He's setting the table for others. He's getting everyone involved. He, he's got that. He's got that step back mid range shot he's that always seems to go in, in over, maybe. no matter how tall the defender is and how high he needs to hoist that ball. It always seems to go in. I tell you what, I would not be surprised if the Celtics. If, so this is all keeping in mind if the Celtics are really going to try to put an effort forth this year to make a push. I think it'd be a kind of a dumb move if they did, but with Brad Stevens as the GM now, who knows what kind of a GM he'll be, this is going to be a trying time for him. Is he going to batten down the hatches, play it out, see where they end up, or is he going to make some moves like he did at the beginning of free agency? Um, If he were to make any kind of a move to get a point guard, like a pass-first point guard like we're talking about here, I would look at OKC. I would look at... Think about going after... Not Giddy. They're not getting Giddy. Um, but they do have a couple backup point guards. And they who also are, have picks to to get a point guard too. Exactly. I don't know who on. But again, these. we're talking if they're trying to win now, win this year, True. put more effort forth to actually make a run in the playoffs. Otherwise, don't trade any assets, and you're going to have to just ride it out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got your your key players on lock for the next you do. four or five you years. Do. So yeah. you, you you've got the important two. And I'm not saying everyone else on that roster is disposable. Everyone else on that roster is disposable. I'll say that. But That's yeah, pretty. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. You, the rest. There's no one on the Boston Celtics team right now who I'm thinking, man, we can't find one of those every on every other other every other roster. Uh, yeah, they've got a good player in Time Lord, uh, Robert Williams, but again, not a. I, I mean, not an unfindable player. He, he, I would hold on to him, Brown, Tatum. Uh, I would think Marcus Smart if he's not gonna just keep airing out the dirty laundry. But and, we'll see and how you that know, if he if, he if he does, there is a a move that they can make to get a draft pick. And if if they if they're they fully realize at the All Star break, man, this really isn't gonna happen for us. Okay, for that trade deadline, where does Marcus Smart? Fit. What kind of a player is Marcus Smart if he's not a Celtic? Because again, drafted by the Celtics has literally the heart of he's, he's Boston. A, he's a little like a Pat, Pat Bev. Yeah, he's yeah. 
And and frankly, I mean, I, I feel like he could carve out a spot in a role on no matter what roster he is. But in Boston, I just feel like he's I, I think that's where his passion is. That's yeah. where his drive. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to play as much minutes anywhere else as he would play in Boston, to be honest. So right, it, it's one of those things where he's got, and again, as the different ownership and the different people change their jobs, their different allegiances. You you were not drafted by um, uh, uh, Brad Stevens. You were drafted by Danny Ainge, who is no mm-hmm. longer part of this organization. So your Mm, connection to him is, is no longer there. It's not there. So they don't have any it's, issues it, it, with it's a, it's a little like what they say in the NFL. Oh, well, you got a new coach and new upper management, and that quarterback wasn't drafted by you, so you're just you're about you're expendable. Yeah. Yeah. They're, it, they're, it's kind of that situation. Their ass isn't on the line if you don't do well. Yeah. All right. We got one more, not so much controversy maybe one more thing to talk about and that zion williamson Mm. reports came out that it's another two to three weeks before he gets evaluated again evaluated again and then if he gets if he clears that then it's ramping back up so we're now two weeks into the season we're two weeks in the season and with another two to three to go so at least a month and maybe a month and a half where we were first told yeah he'll be ready for the start of the season why not yeah I mean, at this point, are we just saying we'll see him after the All-Star break? Might as well. Like, what the hell? Maybe get him into shape because it's it's not – because think about it. He's coming off a, a fracture of the foot and surgery of the foot. And you don't want him coming in and playing heavy minutes 50 pounds heavier than he was last season. Because that's just – that's so much more stress idea. on that, that foot that, while, yes, has probably healed by there, but he's also had a history of lower leg injuries. So maybe it was I don't maybe it was the inability to work out and to get into shape in the offseason. Once he gets cleared, he'll be able to uh, get back into shape. But that's that's a lot of a lot of ifs. Yeah, and that's a lot of you know I don't want to like take jabs at the guy, but that's a lot of weight you got to lose. And you know what? Maybe he. No, I'm not even going to posturize that he's going to change the type of player he's going to be. If he wants to be successful, he's got to be the player that we saw last year and the year before when he was able to play. And that is a freak of nature, jump out of the building, point Zion, speed, agility, power, wrapped into one type player. If he wants to be another big man who bodies his way, he's got to grow another five or six inches because 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, dude, ain't going to do it. Yeah. Um. I, I just I hope the best for him, but I also gotta say I, I feel I feel bad and mad at the Pelicans at the same time because yes they are a small market team they want to make sure that they keep their superstars happy so they stay and don't leave because they're not as much like Cleveland big fan of Cleveland here not the most desirable market to be in they're not L A they're not the coastal no but at least like states. Noah is a little better. Nola's not. Nice. Uh, New Orleans, no, no. Bourbon Street. The food. The, yeah, yeah they are a little over cool. But, yeah, it, understandable. Another, I'm, I'm also mad because if you, I got I to gotta assume that this is all news to them as well. And they're just trying to keep their stats up, keep their their um, uh, their attendance high in their, in their, uh, their stadium, like, they got to make money. They got to try, and so yeah, you don't want to do a full-on panic for um, 
you know, for your start of your season, which you were expecting to have a really good, you made moves in the off season, which seemingly was like you're going to try to do yeah, something. And we, yeah, we can kind of talk about the Pelicans here. They're 1-8 and eight to start the season. They do have a lot of young guys. I mean a lot. So is this how they want to start their season? No, but I think we also knew coming in, without Zion, Brandon Ingram can't do this all by himself. Yeah, Jonas Valanciunas has been pretty solid. Yeah. But it's also a lot of young guys. But he's holding Ford down. But I and I heard I was listening to the Ringer, and they said you know they're playing hard. It's not like these young guys are just like oh well fuck it you know give up on the season. Like the young players are playing hard, which is what you'd like to see. Develop. So this you know you don't want to say this nine games in the season for the Pelicans, but the Sardi feels like a throwaway year because if Zion's it, it, not, not going to come not, back, I mean okay, it's a development. A, it year. is a development, a development year. year for the young guys. Throwaway and, for and maybe hopes, and maybe yes, you know you you get you get some draft you get get a high draft pick. Keep keep the trust the process, man. Trust right, the process. they're 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 down there with the rest of them. So it, it's a question when Zion will be back. Um, Hopefully sooner than later. I don't know who drafted them in our fantasy team, but in our fantasy league, but I know I didn't. Um, yeah, but you know that that's a struggle for them. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle but, for for a bit. But you know what? Who knows? Maybe he comes back yeah, and it, all it, the doubt yeah. is, is shed. It just hurts. I think I think for Pelicans fans, it just hurts that you were told he'd be ready to. You were told for a month a month before the season that he just had surgery and he'd be ready to go, and now we're two weeks in. And we are three weeks away from another evaluation, much less him actually getting back onto the practice court. Oh yeah, there's... so well, I think we're at least a month plus out from Zion I don't returning think to the game. And then I'm sorry, 2021. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And then you like when he comes back, probably going to go every other game and be on a minutes restriction for a little bit too. Yep. So I got it. And, and at that point, the way the Pelicans are playing, season's kind of gone. If he could ever just play a full season, that would be something. Something to see. Well, I, that's all we got for you today. But uh, until next time, peace.